Hi, today I am joined by Lisa Bain from Limblood Expedition. She is the Vice President of Sales for North America. How are you, Lisa? I'm Great Britain. How are you? I'm doing well. Great Britain is always my two favorite words next to each other when people <laughs> answer me in just that exact way. Um, <laughs> I wanted to, we're going to talk about, Lindblad has had some exciting news for those of my listeners that follow my newsletters and my blog at Avid Cruiser. They, you have gotten a sneak peek into that, but we're going to talk about your news and what's coming up in actually a second episode. Today, I really wanted to take a chance to get to know Lindblad a little bit. Um, and so I'm going to kind of just just start with that. Can you give me an overview of the company, a little bit of the history? I know that there is an yeah. interesting history with the Antarctic expeditions and just kind of an overview of who you are. Yeah, most certainly. Look, we we have a very long, very rich history, and it started way back in 1966. Actually, Lars Erik Lindblad took the very first guests ever to Antarctica in 1966. Um, he was a man that truly believed that these really remote, remarkable places on the planet needed a voice, um, that without a voice, they would be lost to the next generation. And so he felt that if you took people there, you educated them, you impassioned them, they would return as a voice for the protection and preservation of those places. And, and out of that was born this amazing expedition travel company. And so that very first trip to Antarctica was the, was, were the seeds of that. Um, and the following year, he took the very first guests to the Galapagos Islands. Um, and, and what was really remarkable is he realized how very important the protection of those islands were. And he paid out of his own pocket the wages of the first two park wardens to ensure that the National Park would get up and running. So there's, there has been this commitment from the very, very beginning that we need to protect these places and we need to ensure that the, the following generations have the opportunity to see them. And, and even in places like the Galapagos, um, there's been so much amazing work done to remove non-endemic species that today you have more pristine islands than you did 30 or 40 years ago, you know, when there were lots of goats and feral pigs and, and non-endemic species on the islands. So it is one of those amazingly beautiful places you can take children and say, look, if we commit ourselves, we can actually turn back time. We can correct our mistakes. Um, and it's such a beautiful lesson for people to learn that, look, we can do better. And, and Galapagos is such a wonderful place to do that. Um, and so that was really the start. And, and since then, we've grown, we cover all seven continents now. Um, our biggest ship is only 148 guests. So one of the other things we've remained very focused on is that intimacy of exploration, that exploration is all about, and expedition exploration is all about that access in small numbers, right? That you want to be out in wildlife and in these remarkable places, but you don't want to impact it. You want to very tread very carefully. So that's always been a big part of us and our sustainability. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just hearing you talk kind of through both of those points, it seems like there's an emphasis on teaching people how to travel and travel respectfully and responsibly. And yeah. that's so important, especially when we're talking about something like an expedition cruise um, line where you're going to very remote destinations. Um, yeah, look, very much so. It's, yeah. it's, it should be at the very heart and soul of what you do. I mean, when we talk about our sustainability, it's something that, 
you know, it, it's, you know, it, it is a hundred percent commitment from the company. It's, it's, it really is a mindset and it just doesn't live in one department. What I really love about Limblad is it permeates down every area of the company from our home offices um, to aboard our 10 owned and operated ships. I mean, it, it really is everywhere you look in this company, ex- the, the, the focus on sustainability is there. It's, it's palpable. It's part of what we do. Uh, and we design all of our travel experiences and, and make all of our decisions with that sustainability in mind. Um, and there's some really good examples of that. Um, you know, we're a carbon neutral company. 100% carbon neutral company. We've eliminated guest facing single use plastics. That, that is the hardest sentence to remember and to say correctly, <laughs> but guest facing single use plastics, we've eradicated those um, from aboard our ships and in our offices. Um, you know, we're the first cruise company to adopt a, a program which is our premium purity cleaning and disinfecting technology. And that, that it was really cool. And that happened before COVID. Um, but it's this um, photocatalytic system that's sprayed on every surface and kills virus on contact. So, you know, there, there's always been, how can we do it better? How can we protect our team? How can we protect our clients across our fleet? Um, you know, we, we work with the local farmers and fishermen, you know, because the cuisine you eat, the food you eat should be sustainable and local. Because the money should go back to the local communities. It shouldn't go home with you as a travel supplier. It should stay in the place where you are doing business. That's really important. Um, and so we work with those local farmers and fishermen. And, and that comes through on the ship that you are tasting and, and understanding better the, the place through its food. That's really cool. Um, and so it's, you know, at every aspect, it's, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, and sustainability, I know that we both kind of touched on this before we started recording, is something that we could talk about all day long. But I do want to talk about the ships as well, because you've mentioned them quite a few times. Um, Mm -hmm. You said you have 10 ships in your fleet. Can you just tell me about the ships? I know you mentioned that the the largest capacity, but what else can you tell me about your ships? Oh, yeah, look, and this year in particular is very exciting, and last year. Um, So we... We have 10 ships that are Limblad National Geographic Fleet. We then use some other smaller ships um, for very specific departures around the world, um, which which I can talk about in a minute. But our fleet, the biggest vessel is 148 guests, not cabins, but guests. And that's the National Geographic Explorer. And she does polar regions. But last year and this year, um, we have launched and are about to launch a second ship two really remarkable state-of-the-art expedition vessels. Um, and they're, they're really cool because they have this new technology, which is called an X-bow technology. It looks a bit like a high-speed train, a really pointy nose. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. Um, and it, it, it's about the, um, me- not the mechanics, but the engineering of it, the engineering behind it. So instead of imagine that traditional bow will ride a wave, it will go up and down and up and down, all that lovely movement people don't particularly like on things like the direct passage. An X-bow is designed to cut at the base of the wave. And so it cuts through the wave, creating a much more stable platform for travel. Um, So even in adverse conditions, it's a much more stable platform. The other really cool thing is that when you're up in the bridge, and we have an open bridge on all of our ships, best seat in the house, when you're up in the bridge, you're not, you can see straight down the nose of the ship and you can see any dolphins that are, you know, riding the, the bow waves. You can see wildlife right there. There's nothing that inhibits the view of the wildlife in front of the ship. Um, 
And because of the design, the spray actually goes off to the side. But it's just really cool. And, and both of these ships, the National Geographic Endurance and the National Geographic Resolution, are only 126 guests. So that's 69 cabins. Mm-hmm. Um, and 53 of those are balcony suites, including all 12 solo cabins. And so they're just remarkable platforms, but it's it's all about what else they bring to the fore. There's a, there's a science lab on board. Um, you've got, you know, all the cool stuff we have on our ships, like our wellness program. You've got a fitness center, dry and wet sauna. Um, you've got two infinity hot tubs on the back deck. Both of these ships have the most remarkable glass igloos perched on the back. Uh, with day beds and so you imagine being up in the northern lights in late September off the coast of Greenland and being able to sit out there at night and see under this beautiful glass ceiling and watch the northern lights or down in Antarctica where you have those never-ending sunsets because you're there in the high peak of summer when sunset lasts for three or four hours and just that color is changing all the time so it just adds just a remarkable way to explore in very small numbers and and that's really important in places like Antarctica where you cannot have more than 100 people uh, on the ice at any one time you know through the International Association of Antarctic Tour Operators you know because they want to keep numbers nice and tight so you know based on our years of experience we can get folks ashore and the rest of the folks from the ship are out kayaking or they're in zodiac safaris, so everybody is always engaged. You're not sitting and waiting. It's it's really about the luxury of access. And so those two new ships are polar ships. They will do Antarctica and the Arctic. So I think Greenland, Norway, Iceland, um, the Northwest Passage, the Northeast Passage over Russia, which is an epic itinerary. Um, so those two ships will be will be primarily polar. Um, then you have what I think is one of the most beautiful little ships um, in the world is the National Geographic Orion, and she's 102 guests. She's very much more like a private yacht feel, and she does you know, the South Pacific and some great new itineraries over in New Zealand and Indonesia, Papua New Guinea. Um, and then we have two ships dedicated to Galapagos, the National Geographic Endeavour 2, um, which is a wonderful ship with connecting cabins for families. And I know we're going to talk about our family program later, um, and the Islander at 48 guests. So you've got these two great options um, to allow you to explore year-round in Galapagos. And then on top of that, you add two brand-new U.S. builds um, that we use on that west coast of um, North and down towards um, uh, North America, and that's the National Geographic Venture and the National Geographic Quest. And those two were built uh, in Seattle, Washington, um, and only launched in the last two and three years. So there are 100 guests, 22 balcony suites, you know, connecting rooms for families, and they're perfectly designed for uh, up in Alaska and there's tiny little nooks and crannies and then they come down into the Columbia Snake River, down to the Channel Islands off Los Angeles, um, down into Baja, California, Costa Rica, Panama, uh, Panama Canal and Colombia. So you've got just, you know, they basically follow the sun. So it's such a diverse range of ships, and they're not cookie cutter. I think that's really important. They are they're designed specifically for the place that they're exploring. Yeah, I mean, 
igloos was where I almost <laughs> had to stop listening because I was getting so jealous that I wasn't on board. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does. But okay, so you said National Geographic a lot throughout yeah. that. And I yeah. do, I want you to explain, we're going to talk, well, we can just go ahead into that about what makes yeah. Lindblad different than other expedition companies. But yeah, yeah, I know that partnership with National Geographic is so important. So how does that yeah. partnership play in um, on a day-to-day sailing? Yeah, most certainly. That alliance is so important and, and it's one that, you know, Sven was always in such wonder of the National Geographic magazine, the explorers and the work that they were doing. And so that alliance was formed, uh, it's now 15, 16 years. Um, and so we've been in alliance with the National Geographic Society for that long. And it means that we can provide our guests with access to really remarkable expedition team members that can really explain and provide deep ex- explorative information on the places that we visit. It also allows us access to National Geographic photographers and on our bigger ships, the the Endurance, the Resolution, the Explorer and the Orion, you have a National Geographic photographer in residence as part of your expedition. And on our other trips, we have Lindblad certified photo instructors. And so there's always someone, no matter what trip you're on, to assist you in capturing some of the most remarkable photography of your life. Um, you know, and that can be on a cell phone or, a, you know, on a really expensive SLR. It just means that there's someone there to really help you come back with those amazing memories. They're also really good at telling you to put the camera down. You know, mm. we have a terrible tendency in this day and age to live behind the lens and not take a moment to really immerse ourselves in a place. And, and they're really good at helping to remind you of that as well. And so that alliance, we also have our Lindblad National Geographic Fund, um, which our guests, 100% uh, of the donations our guests make towards that fund, go, be, go back into the places where we operate in support of their activities. So it really does support the National Geographic and, and it allows our guests access to those remarkable folks as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, yes, putting the camera down is such an important lesson as well. So having someone to give that reminder, I try to not take any pictures when I travel. And then I also really regret that because I have nothing to look back on. But having someone to kind of help curate those those moments. Yes, that sounds so nice and so helpful. Yeah. So how else, I mean, would you say that you are different than some of your competitors. I know that the size of the ship is one thing, that Mm -hmm. National Geographic is one thing. Um, As you said, we will talk about family travel, but I know that Lindblad is a completely different experience than some of the other expedition companies offer. So how do you see that difference come about? Yeah, look, you, you hit the nail on the head there with the intimate scope, right? That's really important. That intimacy of scale is what is really a a core component of what an expedition should be. It is about small numbers. It's about the creating of a community that is traveling together. And, And one of the things that really bring that community together, we don't have lecture halls. We actually have um, our recaps, and we're, we're rather famous for our recaps each evening, and they're held in the lounge. And the lounge is built around a central circular desk. Uh, we actually call it the circle of truth. And the, that, that, that is where our expedition team present from and talk from. And it's amazing when you do something in the round how that creates conversation, 
mm. um, both between the expedition and team members and our guests, but guest to guest. And that's what you want. You want people who are out there learning about a destination to be able to, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Did you see that today? Well, what, what did you think about that? Or perhaps we're talking about the effect of, um, you know, of, of a warming environment on the ice cap. And how do you feel about that? You know, what are your thoughts? And, you know, people will ask the hard questions, you know, talk about the research. Um, you know, we'll talk about specific species. We'll have one of the things that really differentiates us is our underwater dive team. Um, and these guys and gals are diving in some of the most remarkable places on the planet, like Antarctica and the Arctic. Um, and bringing back this high-definition footage from beneath the ship. And I will tell you that th that in Antarctica and the Arctic, the color, the, just the vibrancy and the amazing wildlife that we find beneath our ships really opens up to people that when you're on a ship, you're sitting on a huge living organism. Mm. And, and you need to understand that and appreciate it, that part of your journey is on this huge living thing beneath you. Um, and so we believe every guest should have access and knowledge of what is under our ship. So the dive team will, you know, they will share their, their footage from their dives during the day, but they'll also explain what it's like to dive in Antarctica. Um, you know, what it's like to dive with um, leopard seals or, you know, have killer whales off, you know, that you can see or be surrounded by sharks in another location or, you know, and, and talk to the importance of a healthy marine ecosystem in the places that we visit. Um, so I think, I think what really differentiates us is our ability to weave all those stories and to allow our guests to truly understand these places and leave, you know, with, with a better understanding of how they can help it and preserve it and, and, and ensure the next generation understands it, but not in a way that's lecturing them. Um, you don't, you're not going back to school. That's not what it's about. It yeah. is about impassioning. I think that's the key word here. And, and it's never been lost to that what, you know, Lars Eric wanted to do was impassion people. And, and that is what we do on a daily basis. And, and what always gets me is you will get on a trip to Antarctica or Alaska and, you know, you will be with an expedition leader that has done, you know, 100 trips to Antarctica. Yet they're, they're, childlike wonder and joy in every trip is palpable mm. they 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 have never lost that excitement and that is what makes the difference that the, the people that we have are dedicated to helping others understand what they're seeing and it's just it just gives you the goosebumps every time you're with them they're remarkable yeah, well, and like me asking what makes you different than <laughs> every other company is like, well, we've been hearing about it throughout the interview. The igloos, come on. I mean, that's what's going to stick out to me. <laughs> but We're going to have to get you in those igloos. <laughs> it feels like, okay, okay, you don't have to ask me twice. I got my second vaccine today. I'm ready to go. Um, but, you know, I do. It sounds like you have all of these. And what I'm taking from from this and what really makes you all different is that you have these very unique individual components, what whatever they are with the with the crew that you have on board, with these divers, with the National Geographic, with the igloos. I'll say it one more time just to really get it stuck in your mind. Um <laughs> And that they come together, all of these pieces, which are already so unique to you all, they come together to make this product that is really, truly unique. 
And so I think that that's that's cool is that a lot of time you can look at like, oh, well, here's how we do this experience differently. But but you all are saying like we might be playing chess, but I I have a different chess set than you. You know, I have different I have different players than you and I'm going to play the game completely differently that you have changed up all of these individual pieces to kind of make this really unique whole product, which is nice. Yeah. And that's a beautiful way of saying it. I mean, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't work on that metaphor before you (laughs) called me. If I did, it might've been a little bit smoother. Um, but thank you. I'm glad that you liked it. That works. We'll keep that one, Britain. Thanks. (laughs) So, and I do, I mean, is there anything else that you want to talk about just in terms of like the overview? Cause we're going to get into, in the second part of this interview, we're going to get into more about planning and more about Lynn Blod's plans for 2021. So what else do you want to speak to about, about the ships or about the experience as a whole? Yeah, most certainly. Look, um, our cool tools, um, cool tools for exploration. You know, to, today when you look at an expedition company, people think that, oh my gosh, they've always done that, you know, but someone had to do it first. We we were the first company to introduce kayaking in polar regions. Um, you know, our stand-up paddle boards, Zodiacs, we have a proprietary deck, dock, sorry, that goes between Zodiacs down in Antarctica and we use it, actually we use it wherever the ship is, but um, it, it's a, it's a, uh, like this, little docking area between two zodiacs so when you're going kayaking you just sit on the edge of the the zodiac and pop your bottom onto the kayak and we push you out and you don't even get you know your feet wet Mm um you know just thinking of ways to allow people to explore um in the best way possible is just something that our team is consistently looking at in ways to share the planet with people um you know we have video microscopes there is nothing more fun than going out taking a plankton sample bringing it back and looking at these remarkable little creatures in the video microscope and realizing that you know if you do the polar plunge you're surrounded by these guys Mm. you're not in there alone (laughs) it's it's it, it may look just like water, but you, you have these remarkable little critters, this plankton, this, this life all around you. Um, you know, so that just even just the tools we use, we have a, a remote operated vehicle that can go down to a thousand feet and beam back footage from what's happening on the ocean floor. You know, one of the things that blew me away when I was in Antarctica is you look at an iceberg and you know that the major proportion of it is beneath the water. And you just think it's going to be the same kind of flat ice. But when you have a, one of the, these um, ROVs goes down, you realize it's covered in hundreds of little circles. It looks like the, the surface of a golf ball. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the way the water reacts around it. But it's, it's like looking at a cathedral window. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning. So all of those cool tools that we have introduced over the years that now are seen as, oh, you know, everyone does that. No, they started somewhere and, and Limblad Expedition was really instrumental in bringing all of that into the market so that today we can say, oh, wow, I can get to go and do that. Um, and I think it's also one of the things that I, I, I really love is Sven Limblad, he actually wrote a piece just recently about, you know, under-tourism and over-tourism. Um, and it, it's a remarkable article that talks about, you know, under-tourism is just as dangerous as over-tourism, right? We, we need to make sure that we are supporting these places. And while we've been gone during the pandemic, this great pause we've all been through, 
many of the places that we want to protect have been suffering. Um, and so, you know, ensuring that they've been able to continue has been really important. Um, but yeah, it's just from the very top down, we are all about caring for these places and it comes through in every aspect. And I just want to say, this is not directly related to anything that you just said to me, but when I asked you to do this interview with me, you asked if you needed any sort of visual aid. And I'm just going to go ahead and go on the record and say that you, if you want to put a picture with anything that you're saying, that's great. But you do the best job of just painting the picture through your words. I'm just sitting here imagining all these things, imagining the, the golf ball like surface. Everything. I mean, you are selling me 100% on this experience too. So I... Well, I look. I, I I will. No one will ever say I'm not excited about the things we do. I must admit, I kind of pinch myself myself every morning that I get to do this and talk about this kind of travel. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that changes you. You cannot go to Antarctica. You can't cross that Drake Passage. You cannot stand in amongst uh, uh, you know a hundred thousand king penguins on South Georgia and not be changed. It's yeah. just not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I know you've done a lot of travel and travel is so important because it opens us up to how lucky we are where we are, right? But but it just is. It's, um, thank you for saying that. But to me, it, it is the most exciting thing to do. And, and I just, yeah, I just get so carried away and excited. And when we talked about this and you said, well, we've got to keep it to a certain amount of time, I'm like, oh, goodness, that's going to be really hard. I know. And that's <laughs> why we're doing two episodes. Okay, before we move on to the second segment of this interview, because yeah. we are hitting our mark, I want you yeah. to paint one more picture for me, and I am going to put you on the spot. But you oh, talked yeah. about, no, I don't think it, I don't think it'll be hard though. <laughs> you t- I mean, maybe to narrow it down, but you talked about how, you know, working with farmers and working with, um, you know, all, all of these local vendors is so important. So I want to ask you about maybe your favorite meal that you had on board oh. the ship. Oh my gosh. Actually this, um, my favorite meal. Okay. So this might make you giggle. Um, it was, it was actually a dessert Actually, okay. I've got two little stories I'm going to tell Great. you. So the first one was up in Alaska, and um, it's part of our Global Explorers Program, which is aimed at our, our younger guests. So, and we're going to talk about that later. But one of the things that they do, <laughs> one of the things they do on board, um, is we build a glacier out of ice cream and cookies, mm. um, and we do that to show how a glacier carves its way down through the mountains and how it drags stone, rocks with it and, and the effect it has on the environment. And then you get to eat it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a concoction of ice cream and whipped cream and chocolate cookies and it's absolutely brilliant. So there's nothing better than being able to do a science experiment and then eat it. Um, so that's the first thing. So now those, and... so now that might be the sailing that I want to go on actually with all of the children <laughs> making glacier ice cream cones. There you go. And then I would say, and this is what makes our teams in the kitchen so special. I was in Antarctica for, and it was Thanksgiving and they did this amazing bread and butter pudding. And, and I had, I, you know, I'm Australian, so one of my favorites and I, as usual, was very busy talking and not paying attention. And by the time I finished talking, of course, 
it, there was none left. Everyone had decided that it was the best thing since sliced bread and it was all gone. And I just in passing went, oh, that would have been wonderful. It's one of my favorites. And the next night at dinner, here comes my very own bread and butter pudding that was made specifically for me because I'd missed it the night before. And that was not, that was just a throwaway comment, but it was the fact that they had made it specifically for me. And I know they do that all the time. They're looking for opportunities to really make something special for somebody. Mm. It, It really touches you when people do that. And so, you know what, I'm talking about two desserts, which is really, really awful. I should. <laughs> it's all about the desserts. It's okay. um, but it only, was just so special. This and I think cruise line I always... is only for people with a sweet tooth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but those, to me, those are really special because they're. It's bigger than just a meal. It's kind of what goes with it. Well, and dessert, I think, is important. You know, dessert is a good, it's the end of the meal, it's the end of the day, it's the place to recap. You've had maybe a couple of glasses of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's like that experience of just kind of relaxing into dessert, relaxing into, yeah, I totally understand that. Good. We're on the same wavelength. Okay. So I think we're going to, we're going to wrap this one here. And then for those of you, I, this will be coming out over two weeks. So I know that you probably want to hear more of Lisa's picturesque words and beautiful accent. So tune in next week. We're going to talk about what Limblad is doing in 2021. Some of Lisa's favorite excursions and itineraries. We're going to talk about multi-gen travel and pretty much all of the things that we teased that we were going to talk about and then just continued to not talk about and say that we're going to talk about next time. So I will see you all with Lisa next week. (laughs) 